0: Morning. Is it hot in here or is it just me? (laughs) Um, I don't know whether it's a good thing uh, kicking off this series, but at least I can relax and and enjoy the rest of it when I'm done. And I don't know about you, but I've had many things that have inspired me throughout my life. And I'm going to appear to be really shallow as I share them with you. But hopefully I'll pull it back before the end. Remembering back to my childhood, my first inspiration was... Hong Kong Fury. Yes, that's right, Hong Kong Fury. And if you don't remember or know who Hong Kong Fury was, he's there. It's on the screens. He was a crime-fighting dog, and he did Kung Fu. He could also speak, too. He inspired me because my pet dog couldn't do that. We had a white, fluffy Samoyed, and it just used to sleep. We weren't even allowed to play outside with him in case he got dirty. (laughs) And no matter how many times I tried to put him in a drawer, he never turned into a kung fu crime-fighting dog. My dad my dad was also an inspiration to me. Growing up, I wanted to be just like him. And I remember copying things he used to do. I think we've all been there and done that. And this is what happens when something or someone inspires you. We try to emulate it. This morning, if you're unsure of what God's plan for your life is, I'd like to tell you. I may be aiming big here, but I think the answer's simple. It's to emulate Christ. Actually, it's a little more than that. The Bible says we're to put on Christ, to be Christ, and this is what God desires for us all. To be sanctified, transformed, changed into the likeness of Christ. Yes, God may have other plans too. But for me, this is the most important. My brother, at the age of four, took this literally after watching an episode of The A-Team in the 80s. Has anyone seen the film that's in the cinema at the moment? It is amazing, and it didn't disappoint. I saw it in the week, and uh, uh, there's an amazing scene in it where they broke Murdoch out of a mental hospital. Um, The a music starts to play, and a huge smile came on my face. For a moment, um, I was that 10-year-old boy again. If you get a chance to see it, I'd recommend you go. Anyway, back to my brother. He's gone missing for a while and was later found in the bathroom with a razor and big clumps of hair around him. I remember my mom screaming at him. Maybe it was out of concern because of the age he was and having a razor, but I think it was more to do with how he looked. When asked, when asked what on earth he'd done, and I've toned that down a lot there. <laughs> his reply was, his reply was, I want to look like, I want to be, B A. <laughs> You've probably guessed that he shaved his head, but the sight had to be seen to be believed. Personally, I didn't know what he was thinking of. He was the wrong colour to begin with. <laughs> and he could never pull off that look. By the time my mom had finished trying to make his hair look respectable, he looked more like Kojak (laughs) than B.A. That's one for the older generation. (laughs) Another big inspiration in my life whilst growing up was Rocky. And if you want to watch the screens, I have a clip. Bring on the rapture, Rocky's in church. <laughs> That's just got to inspire you. How many heads, hands, and feet were moving during that clip? And how many of you just want to go for a jog right now? No? If it didn't inspire you, I guarantee that at some point later today, you'll be humming that tune. And for those of you have seen it for the first time, it may remind you of the 118, 118 advert. But it was in Rocky first. For me, this really works. The movie writer has got it spot on. Inspirational music with an inspirational moment in the film. And that clip alone was responsible for a 90% increase in gyms and boxing clubs just after its release. This is one of my favorite films of all time, and it's about so much more than boxing. To be fair, he isn't even a great boxer, and he constantly has to overcome that. Before I talk about Rocky, though, I want to start with the actor who plays him. His name is Sylvester Stallone, and I want to share with you a bit about his real-life story. He was a struggling actor and was hardly able to to make ends meet. He lived in a rundown one-bedroom apartment and would often go days without food. But the thing that kept him going was he had a dream. He had a story he believed in. And no matter how desperate things became, he never gave up on his belief. I'm going to leave that story there for a minute and talk about someone else from the Bible who has also inspired me. This, too, is his real-life story. In Genesis 37, we see the introduction of Joseph. He's also known as Joseph the Dreamer. He, too, didn't have the greatest start in life. Sure, he was loved by his father, Jacob. He was actually The favorite of all his sons. And then there's the robe. Who can forget that amazing robe? But Joseph was hated. He was despised by his brothers. The Bible says that they could not speak a kind word to him. But little did Joseph know worse was to come. Before that, though, Joseph had a dream. And at first, I thought it was rather foolish of him to share that dream with his brothers, especially as they hated him so much, and especially as it involved them bowing down to him. But then I realized he would only have shared that dream if he totally believed in it. You see, we have the benefit of knowing how the story goes, but this was real life for Joseph. The Bible says his brothers hated him even more for sharing it. But this doesn't deter Joseph when he has his second dream. He shares that too, and this time it involves his whole family bowing before him. This time, his father rebukes him. This is what captures me, though. Joseph believed in his dream, and no matter how desperate things became, he never gave up on his belief. We're now back with Sylvester Stallone, and his dream was Rocky. He wrote the story, and he wanted to see it on the big screen. And as an actor, he wanted to play the lead role. He wrote Rocky with himself in mind. He was struggling to survive and had several low-income jobs. But then his break came. He worked tirelessly on the story, and he posted it off to many different film studios. The response he had back was amazing. They loved it, and they offered big money for him to buy it. They had a belief, too, that this could be a big hit. There was a problem, though. They wanted to buy the script. Whoops, a bit louder. They wanted to buy the script, but didn't want Sylvester Stallone to to play the part. He was an unknown actor at the time, and they wanted someone famous. He would have got a huge amount of money for the story, which would have totally changed his life. And he would have also been accredited as being a successful writer, but that wasn't his dream. He declined the offer, still having the belief that one day he would play Rocky. Joseph's life was a, a struggle too. His brothers, his own family, made plans to kill him. As we read what happens, I I try and put myself at the scene, and it must have been horrific for Joseph. Remember, this is a real-life story too. His brothers' anger and hatred were obvious, and I feel a sense of desperation for Joseph as they approach him. They throw him in a cistern, which is basically a deep pit he couldn't get out of. And they leave him there for a while. Then, as they see some passing traders, they have, the ado- they have the idea to sell him as a slave. So they go and get him from the system. And again, here I can't help thinking of what must be going through Joseph's mind. I think that's a natural reaction, but the Bible stays silent on this. He is then sold as a slave to the traders who are on their way to Egypt. Here, Joseph would have been chained up, chained up, treated pretty badly, and he faced a 30-day journey through the desert on foot, whereupon arrival in Egypt, he would have been sold on again as a slave to someone else. I don't know about you, but having Sylvester Stallone's troubles seems quite appealing at this point. Having a one-bedroom flat and going the odd day without food, I think I could cope with. I have compared the two stories up until now because they do both inspire me. They're both real-life stories. Sylvester Stallone had to overcome a great deal to see his dream fulfilled. And that did happen. The film Rocky was made. And it's a name that will live in movie history. It says that on the back of the DVD. (laughs) It is an amazing film, though. And one which he wrote... Starring and directed, it also won an Oscar. Not bad for someone who was unknown. That is an awesome achievement. In the film, Rocky has to overcome loads of things too. Something Sylvester Stallone Stallone know, knew a bit about. And for me, that's what makes it so good. I'm going to finish there with Sylvester Stallone's story, but I want to continue with Joseph's. This. Is the one that inspires me the most. He arrives in Egypt and is bought by Potiphar, one of the Pharaoh's officials. He then lives in the same house as his master. The Bible says that the Lord was with Joseph and he gave him success in everything he did. Joseph found favor and was put in charge of the master's household and everything he owned. And because the Lord was with Joseph, he blessed everything. Potiphar had to. Surely, this was going to be the break Joseph needed. His story was starting to get better, but unfortunately, that wasn't the case. Because Joseph, because of Joseph's success, he gained the attention of his master's wife, and she made advances towards him. She wanted Joseph. Joseph constantly rejected these advances. And he told her that he couldn't do such a wicked thing and sin against God. I don't know if this is where the phrase playing hard to get comes from. It probably isn't, but it certainly works here. The more Joseph resists the master's wife, the harder she tries. The last tempt, the last attempt, sees Joseph run away from her. And as he does, she is left holding his cloak. Here she takes revenge on Joseph for rejection rejecting her anger and she goes on to lie about what has happened when joseph's master hears of this he naturally believes his wife the bible says he is burnt with anger and he has joseph thrown in prison again here i can't help wondering what's going through joseph's mind he has done nothing wrong and he is now a prisoner you wouldn't have blamed joseph for totally losing it at this point and being angry with God. But he didn't. Again, the Bible is silent on this. He still believed in his dream. We don't know how long exactly Joseph was in, the prison, was in prison before he met the cupbearer and the baker. But we do know that the Lord was with him and he showed him favour. The cupbearer and the baker were two of the Pharaoh's highest officials. And he had phoned them in prison because they'd offended him. It would be nice to have that power when someone offends me. (laughs) Whilst in prison, the cupbearer and the baker each had a dream and they both had their own meaning. They were troubled because they did not understand what their dreams meant and no one could interpret them. This was Joseph's moment. This was the break he'd been waiting for. He knew that interpretations belong to God and he said to them tell me your dreams those of you that know the story know that this was the catalyst for Joseph to be released from prison this does look like the break he needed but I want to pause the story here for a while you see for me this is my revelation moment the pennies dropped and the lights come on This isn't the break Joseph has been waiting for at all. I don't know whether you're here with me, but I'd like to explain. Sylvester Stallone's break came halfway through his story when the film companies decided to give him a chance. I want to share with you that Joseph's break came right at the beginning of his story, when he first had the dream of his brothers bowing before him. You see, God interpreted that dream for Joseph There and then. And he knew beyond any doubt that his dream would be fulfilled. Joseph knew interpretations belonged to God. And this is what inspires me about Joseph. He trusted in God. No matter what obstacle came his way, he was able to overcome it. Because his assurance, his security was in God. He didn't let any of the circumstances he faced determine who he was. He knew God was with him and that he was in control. And this is why I believe the Bible stays silent when Joseph is faced with some of his toughest struggles. You see, Joseph knew that God had a plan and that God's plan would prevail. Joseph's story did end well. He was let out of prison and became Pharaoh's second in command. He was put in charge of the whole of Egypt. He was reunited with his family too. He forgave his brothers for everything that had happened. And at the end of the story, Joseph tells his brothers this. Genesis 50, verse 20 says, and this is Joseph speaking. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. To accomplish what has now been done, the saving of many lives. This this blows me away. And is such an inspirational moment. Here, Joseph is declaring that he knew all along God was with him and that God was always in control and that it was God's plan that would prevail despite whatever his brothers had done to him. This inspires me. It inspires me to trust God more when I next face a a difficult situation. It inspires me. No matter what I may face in the future, God is in control. My assurance, my security is in god circumstances do not determine who i am and it inspires me to know that as long as i'm walking closely to god closely with god his plan will always prevail i hope i hope that inspires you this morning because it's a promise you have to jesus himself said in john 16 verse 33 i have told you this so that you may have peace In me. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. For me, this is a statement of hope, a promise that we can have peace in Christ and that we can overcome because Jesus did so first. Another promise is that he will never leave you or forsake you. It says that in Hebrews 13, verse 5. You do not ever have to face your struggles alone. The Bible is full of promises, and it's God's inspired word to us. And when we read it and then apply it to our lives, we have the ability to overcome. As Christians, that's our responsibility. We have to know God's word in order for that to happen. This is important. Romans 8, verse 37. Romans 8, verse 37 says this. We are now more than conquerors through Christ that loved us. I I read that like this. We are now more than overcomers through Christ that loved us. You see, the battle, the fight has already been won. We sang that earlier this morning. The victory is in Christ Jesus. It goes on to say in verses 38 and 39 this. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I don't know if you can get anything else more inspirational than that. Nothing I can say can match it. Your situations don't determine who you are, and they and nothing you will ever face can separate you from his love. Last week last week we witnessed that if you were here for the baptisms, we heard some powerful testimonies from people who said they'd overcome horrendous things in their life, and they didn't do that in their own strength. It was Jesus who helped them overcome. Many of us, too, have similar stories. And today, I want to tell you again that you have the ability to overcome. Because it is Jesus that has done it for you. I'm at the end now. But before I do that, I, wanna, I want to pray. In a moment, we'll be moving on to celebrate. But for now, I want to pray. Let's close our eyes. And let's pray. Father God, no matter what circumstances or situations we may be in or face in the future, I pray that we know you are always in control. Whatever it is we're going through, whatever, Lord Jesus, it is we're going through, I pray that we'd hand it over to you and that we'd receive your peace. Father, I thank you that we do have the ability to overcome because you did so first. Father, I pray that we'd know your assurance and security and that our circumstances do not determine who we are. As Joseph said, things which intended for harm, your intention is for good. Father God, I pray that you would allow us this morning to see the the bigger picture and realize that your plans will always prevail. Father God, it is for all of your glory. Lord Jesus, just pray that in your mighty name. Amen.